Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Art Matters. I'm your host, Farron Gibson. This podcast is produced by Art UK, the online home of the UK's public art collections. Explore art from collections across the nation at artuk.org and find us on social media at artuk.org, spelling out the word dot. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing with this series, please be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. In the series, we like to explore the intersections between art and pop culture. In the Venn diagram of these two things, today's discussion on the Met Gala sits exactly in the overlap. My guests today are back, back, back again for a second time. Chloe, Elise, and Mayan are the three ladies behind Tabloid Art History, which is a Twitter and Instagram account and zine that cleverly explores the happy moments when art and celebrity culture collide. If you haven't heard their episode um, as guests last time, please go back and find it. It's episode two on celebrity culture. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. Good to have you today. Thank this you. This is for the, like, I feel like this episode is like, we can do this and then the whole series is done because this is like peak crossover <laughs> for, for pop culture and art. Completely. Yeah. yeah. So we have a lot to cover. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Gala is coming up on May 7th. Uh, and for, so for listeners who may not be familiar, it may be good to talk a little bit about what the Met Gala is and how it walks this line between art and celebrity. Um, so the Met Gala essentially is an annual philanthropic event at the Metropolitan Museum in New York. Um, it's held every year on the first Monday in May, and it's been created to raise funds for the Costume Institute in the Metropolitan Museum. Um, which is the only department of the Met that is entirely self-funded. Um, so it was created in 1948 by the publicist Eleanor Lambert. Um, and it was a typical philanthropic event um, with, you know, higher people from New York society. Um, it was then taken on by Pat Buckley, who was um, a chairwoman and the wife of a conservative politician, I'm pretty sure, um, in 1979. And then Ada Winter came in um, to oversee every detail of the Met since 1995, um, except for 96 and 98. And that has really morphed into what it is today of being a big red carpet event with a dinner and reception and a performance. Um, and every year it's linked to the theme of the exhibition. So guests are encouraged but not obligated to follow the theme, but it really is one of the biggest events um, mm-hmm. in museum and fashion um both of these worlds kind of collide yeah and it's it's like you have to be only the hottest celebrities are getting invited to it. i mean it's a, it's an invitation oh, yeah. kind of thing it's very expensive yeah it's very um if anyone's seen the first monday in may which is the documentary about um the exhibition that went on in i think it was 2013 or 14 yeah, it was the 2015. China yeah. Glass, um, yeah, you see scenes of them constantly debating, kind of even up to quite a last minute, who is going to be invited. Um, this person didn't come last year, so shall we invite them? Or what movies have they been in recently? So shall we invite them? Like it's you know, you're really only secured yeah. an invitation yeah. if you're like very very a list. But I just, I that's one of the things that I love is that. It it kind of pits. It's I know I know I shouldn't say this because you know all about wholesomeness and togetherness, mm-hmm. but it kind of pits 
celebrities against each other in this weird, like, very timely context-based ranking yeah. system. It's almost yeah. like how with, like, <laughs> New York society, it used to be, like, oh, the amount of people who could fit in, like, Mrs. Astor's ballroom were, like, you knew if you were in or yeah. not. It's kind of, if Anna yeah. Winter chooses you for the Met Gala, yeah. that's, <laughs> it tells you, like, how well your career and public image is going. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like half the Kardashians are invited and half are. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I love the idea of like how I'm sitting in my bed currently and now I'm thinking like, oh my God, who's going to be invited this year? Like, (laughs) So it's worth noting that the co-hosts for the gala uh, this year are Amal Clooney, Rihanna and Donatella Versace. Which is like a dream. Oh my God. Um, But just just to um, confirm, um, Anna Winter like oversees everything, but... They also invite designer and designer invite celebrity. Um, you kind of oh, see it in the film as well. Yeah. Um, so she oversees everyone. Like, I'm pretty sure that she, like, can veto anyone. Because she, she's very, like, involved in the process of pairing celebrities with yeah. designers. Yeah. Because, um, you know, if you are invited by a designer, they do your dress, you sit at their table, um, you kind of are part of, like, a big kind of group with them. Um, but she's very involved in kind of liaising who's going to be with who it's quite interesting as an event every year because it's making a point about what is pop culture that year and who is making fashion that year Mm -hmm. so it's kind of Mm -hmm. a textbook of entries of the who's who of pop culture and fashion yeah Um, yeah yeah, because like looking through the archives of pictures from previous decades it's like a great encapsulation of kind of who was famous pop culturally significant interesting in any particular kind of year decade era yeah yeah like you can see you're like kate bothworth i forgot she was famous (laughs) like you know (laughs) that's harsh on kate bosworth i mean also yeah but but, you know like i i was very much like early teen when she was famous so it's it's it was like shocking to be like, oh my God, who, like, I forgot these people. Like, I forgot this yeah. era. No, because you do sometimes look through pictures and you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that they were invited in 2007, but they definitely wouldn't be invited today. Yeah. No. And also, this gala has spawned two of the like most interesting um, albums from two of the most significant artists, right? From this infamous <gasps> yes. elevator fight. Oh yes! Oh my God! Three, yeah, three albums. Yeah, you could argue that they're that they're albums. The the Lemonade four four four. After that was a direct result. I truly think that is going to be Anna Winter's legacy. Like it doesn't matter about Vogue or the (gasps) that's been named after her. Like this, this is the pinnacle of achievement. So the theme for the gala this year is heavenly bodies, fashion, and the Catholic imagination. Um, the, the purpose of the exhibition is explained as creating a, quote, dialogue between fashion and the masterworks of religious art. Mm-hmm. So there will be mm-hmm. items on loan from designers as well as from the Vatican mm-hmm. of all places. So Yeah, apparently Andrew Bolton had to go and visit them 10 times to secure all of the loans. Wow. I would definitely be quite happy to go and visit the Vatican. <laughs> like just flouncing into the Vatican. <laughs> like, oh yeah. yes, I had to go. No, <laughs> so what do you think is the significance of this kind of top topic, I guess, kind of Catholic and religious imagery? Um, why is this important to 
to have an exhibition. Um, on, well, on I mean, that. Catholicism has had a huge influence on particularly kind of Western history of art. Um, if you look throughout much yeah. of Western art history, um, it has, you know, religious art has really dominated. And it's, it's so visually kind of and iconographically rich in terms of ritual, visuals. Um, it, it just, you know, there's so much to go on that uh, designers and artists and, you know, so many people have returned again and again. Yeah, and it's, it, it says so much about, it says so much about um, Catholicism's influence in art history in that you have, you know, modern performance artists who are still bringing up the same iconic imagery that we're used to seeing in a kind of a, rela- in a, re- a renaissance altarpiece. So I'm thinking like Marina Abramovich, Chris Burden, all kind of go back to these various forms of um, high Christianity that they saw in books or experienced in churches and bring that into their modern art. So there's definitely this lineage that is so, so important and crucial to talk about. Yeah, it seems that um, Catholicism in particular um, is as you say so rich in um so rich in iconology and, and imagery that's able to be pulled out and referenced i mean from from things like fashion uh to music mm-hmm. i mean we we know yeah. uh, madonna and lady gaga drawn oh, that, that yeah. th- those I- iconology <laughs> or is it iconography yeah, yeah iconography yeah. i always get the two confused iconography um <laughs> so i i just wonder what it is that's so um what draws people to it so much is it because it's you know the history of art for a long time in the west is in a in a way the history of religion i mean i think part of it is um christianity and you know the bible that mm-hmm. is such a good story like on a base level <laughs> like the, the stuff that goes on in there, you know, you've got gore, you've got lust, you've got sex, you've got death, you know, th- this is everything that art thrives on. And it's the same way that, um, you know, art from the Roman period or art from the Greek period look to their own forms of religion, look to their own mythologies. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a form of worship, but it's also just great storytelling. And I think there's yeah, also completely. definitely the history of Catholicism compared to other forms of Christianity where it's it's a heavily visual branch of Christianity. Oh, it's decadent. It is luxurious and decadent and just kind of ridiculous. And that's, yeah. you know, it's got that pomp that I think fashion loves. So it's a perfect, a perfect marriage, <laughs> so to speak. A perfect Christian marriage. <laughs> It's the drama, doesn't it? So I'm looking at this um, red garment um, by Balenciaga for Balenciaga, right? And this is based on um, a cardinal's kind of robe or garb that a cardinal might wear, okay? And in their press mm-hmm. image, they have it alongside a um, an El Greco painting. And we have an El Greco painting um, on Art UK that can be referenced. It's um, St. Jerome mm-hmm. as Cardinal. So I'm I'm looking mm-hmm. at this red, uh, let's call it outfit <laughs> for the Balenciaga. Like how do right, you right? It? <laughs> it's got a capelet at the top, and then like a, a longer cape that goes underneath. And you look at that, and you wonder, mm-hmm. where mm. are you wearing this? Uh, the fashion, the fashion I mean, side. I'm, obviously, I'm already wearing it in my head. So <laughs> <laughs> I can I can see this on Cardi. Oh yeah, but for for a performance, right? 
for a performance or just on the red carpet like I just I, w- I want to see her in cardinal red I want I, w- I want her in regal regal rouge <laughs> <laughs> with a little hat <laughs> so what I wonder what the significance is here of taking something that is a religious garment that is worn um, by a qualified person because it, it indicates that you are a cardinal so it's immediately you look at this person and you say oh I recognize you for your position why appropriate that for a fashion mm. purpose I wonder well in terms of the history of Balenciaga Cristobal Balenciaga was he came from a very religious background his mother was very devout um he actually like one of his like got his starts was he created choral gowns for a religious choir um so it's clearly something that I guess it must have just been yeah, very formative um, and, and it also you know, in terms of yeah. just the visual of it it's something that really carries this idea of power with it where profession like this need a uniform but the idea yep. of having this uniform shape of the cape and and the coat almost with the hat but having it bright red having it this strong color that you can't miss that is you know belongs with the luxuriousness of of the catholic church um i think even as a garment that is extracted from the iconography yep. still carries this power I think as well, like, can I, like, part of what's so fascinating about um, religion is like, you know, it, it's captured our imagination and, fas- and fashion is all about, it's almost all about titillation, right? So it's all about this kind of constructed image. It's, you know, what what am I wearing? What lies beneath? What's my intention? And to play that with, you know, imagery that you would, you would, you know, correlate with, um religion which is so very conservative and like pared down and you know you've got this you've got this like weird contrast of like overt pomp and then like serious like anti-sex like very kind of um you yeah. know sub, sub, sobriety sobriety but it's it's this like beautiful juxtaposition that I think works really really well in the context of that gala oh god I'm so excited so, so my question is do you think that someone is going to walk in with this like with an outfit that's like looking like a pope or something like that. Like, I'm wondering what the fashion oh of the guest is going to be for the gala. How adventurous will they get? It really depends on the person. I mean, someone like Rihanna or Sarah Jessica Parker, you can always rely on them to really care about and put a lot of effort into going with yeah. the theme or being inspired by the theme. Whereas like there are other celebrities who will just wear the same kind of dress they could wear to like any other red carpet, any other oh, of the year. It's, it's interesting as well, yeah. like um, to think about how literal or non-literal celebrities will be. Cause I feel like there's, there's three types of celebrities at the Met Gala every year. There's the one who don't follow the theme. They're the one that literally follow the theme and they're the one that follow the theme, but in, in a much more surprising way and really dig deep into the references and the history of the theme. So I feel like Rihanna is really that person where, you know, she sticks to the theme every year and she commits, but I wouldn't place a bet on what she's going to come dressed in, you know, like I, she's completely going to surprise us. And then there are celebrities that are a lot more literal, especially with the Deus Ex Machina exhibition um, two years ago. Like a lot of celebrities came in, you know, with very like silvery thing that were quite literally interpreting the machine. 
Yeah, I think I think well the 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 issue is this year of the Met Gala and this theme is that it's so interesting and so broad that anyone could go any direction they wanted with it. And there's I want to see someone go nude. Yes, and say I also want that. <laughs> I want I want I want a nun outfit. Like I want an embellished nun. Do you know what I mean? Like D like Dolce and Gabbana meets nun is what. I want to see, maybe because I would wear that. <laughs> so one thing about the exhibition is that, okay, so it's it's a fashion exhibition, but if you look at the um, documentary that we mentioned on Netflix, you can see how much um, consideration is given and how many different types of media or people from different media come together. So obviously there's Anna Wintour um, it, for the yeah. um, China Through the Looking Glass. They brought in a film director mm-hmm. to help Wong Kar-wai. Um, curate Right. And they were also consulting with people from the collections of like sculpture and things yeah. like that to create this whole experience, really, when you walk through. So you're seeing, as with this um, theme here, they're showing you paintings alongside these garments as a way of really pulling you through and, and thinking about it from multiple yeah. angles. And that's exactly what we do. So we really appreciate that Carla kind of using these because it does kind of bring it, it does massively bring it to life. Yeah, I think so. It definitely informs everything in, in a way that makes you say why you should care mm-hmm. about it, you know, because I think people maybe are inclined sometimes not to take fashion as seriously yeah. or think of it as a yeah. form of art. And it, which I think, think historically is very much because it's viewed as like a quote unquote feminine art form. And so like a lot of um, forms of art that are associated with that, it's viewed as more frivolous or less serious. It's it's seen as a craft as well, so it's seen as something that someone noble wouldn't do. You know, someone someone noble either by statue or by virtue of God wouldn't spend their time making their own clothes and, and embroidering their own clothes and having this this kind of um, care and lent extensive craft for that. Yeah, um, I think I, I do you not think that that image is changing though. I mean, I'm thinking of like oh yeah, definitely I'm it is. Yeah, like this year. I mean, this year alone. I mean, the Phantom Thread was like <laughs> fashion designer as mm. genius. <laughs> no, I definitely think it's changing, but it's just historically that's a very yeah. kind of prevalent viewpoint. Completely. I think because fashion probably, I mean, for half the people is maybe like, I just need uh, clothes, you know? Yeah, it was a utility. Yes, exactly. One of the pieces we'll discuss, and it's probably the final one we'll touch on today, is a Valentino evening dress. And on it, is a painting that is actually part of the Courtauld Galleries collection and is on the Art UK website. So I'm really excited that mm-hmm. um, there's that direct connection there. Mm-hmm. And it's a painting of Adam and Eve um, in the Garden of, of Eden, in Paradise. Um, the dress shows kind of the tree of life kind of budding mm-hmm. up into the kind of bust and onto the shoulder area with Adam and Eve down at the in the skirt. Um, I think this is a really fun one to discuss and want to know your thoughts maybe on the painting it's so, and its use on the dress. It's really cleverly done because the um, way that the tree kind of snakes up the bust and the shoulder um, and like the torso uh, kind of mimics the artistic representations you get of Adam and Eve, you know, covering themselves with the fig leaves. Yeah, and you're literally in the dream of life yeah. as well. Like you're inside it. That's really clever. That's all oh, that yeah, I hope yeah. someone wears something like this for the Met Gala, to be honest. I mean, as well, I think I think the 
it's a really clever way of doing a very overdone depiction of Adam and Eve. And when I say Adam and Eve, I just mean that like the the this, the mm-hmm. the imagery of it is so familiar to us. Even people who aren't necessarily like um, aware that much of the story in the Bible or about Catholicism in general, we all know the imagery of Adam and Eve. And it's a really kind of innovative way of working with it. So it's not it's like this beautiful gown, which also kind of, it takes the embellished elements of the image that's in the courtyard and kind of uses that in line with like how the gown actually would fit on the body. And I think that's what's really yeah. special about it. And there's there's something really special as well about um, the dialogue between both crafts of painting and embroidery and making a cloth and a garment. Um, that happens yeah. in this dress where it's it's literally reproduced. Um, they show you in the teaser video that they've done for the Heavenly Bodies exhibition for, for the Met um, Museum um, that they've scanned individually parts of the dress and then put it back together. And that's why all of the imagery of this exhibition looks like a sort of like corpse on the table you know it looks like a, a puzzle that you've pieced back together because they've scanned individually things and it it just pushes you inside of the painting in that you know um atmosphere and and world building that um Lucas Cranach the Elder did um with his painting and you're pushed inside through the scanning of this embroidery and you're pushed inside through the embroidery and through the way that embroidery works around the dress um, and the shape of the dress itself. So, What you said earlier about the placement of the leaves was really interesting because I hadn't looked at it that way before. The placement of the fruit, right? Right where the womb is? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, can, I can go on about this. Sorry. The um, I'm, I'm actually doing a course in, like, <laughs> in religious imagery of Adam and Eve, but Eve in particular. I mean, the, the fact that Eve and fashion go so well kind of ties back to the fact that Eve was so important as a kind of icon for women during the medieval period especially so she was this kind of weird enchantress where she represented sin but also she represented the first of people so her along with Mary there's this kind of weird toing and froing yeah I I talked a bit about that in my dissertation how in during that period you get a lot of images that kind of um contrast Mary and Eve yeah yeah completely and it's like Eve like Mary's seen as this like the Mm -hmm. the being that you hope to be right so it's like who you aspire to be and who you pray to be and she's almost like a kind of a second go at Eve in that she is now the woman who kind of doesn't defy God and she kind of fulfills that role of yeah And 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 whereas Eve is kind of this far more kind of almost like like I don't know how to really say it, but like it's based in flesh and it's based in blood and it's based in like the kind of um, the biology of what womanhood is. So to have like the fruit placed by the room, by the womb, sorry, is very indicative of that role that Eve has and has had on women for many centuries. Mm. And I also love with the dress how it kind of suggests nakedness and sexuality. But when yeah. you look at it, it's actually, you know, you're covered up even to like the glove, mm. even, you know, everything from kind of below your neck to like the tip of your fingers to right down to your feet, you are physically covered. And yet it does have that kind of suggestion mm-hmm. of nakedness. But it's also, I'm looking at it and it's almost like the dress is like the birth of man because it starts out with the uh, the illusion mesh at the top and the leaves and then it comes to be more um, 
opaque as it goes down the bottom. And then so leaves only at the top. And then from the bottom, you get, now you have man, you have uh, flora, fauna, everything mm-hmm. coming at the bottom, just under where the fruit yeah. is, right? As if the birth mm-hmm. is giving, I'm sorry, as if the dress is giving birth to itself. Oh, I love the, I love the meta nature of how this dress is now. Like the dress is literally like birthing itself. It's so great. <laughs> I mean, I see, that's what I see when I look at it. No, I, I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I think that's um, mm. two really mm-hmm. solid examples of of what to kind of, of what to look at for this uh-huh. kind of exhibition. Yeah. Which oh, so I guess it, the yeah. gala is the kickoff for the exhibition, and it opens um, after that. So if anyone wants to fly to New York, there there you have it. Well, you can... if anyone wants to pay us to fly to New York, we'd love to review the exhibition yeah. <laughs> and sit on the Met stairs. But also, um, this the painting we were just talking about, we did say was in the Courtauld Gallery, so that that's one way around mm-hmm. that. And it's a beautiful painting as well. I've seen it. It's absolutely stunning. So homework for this episode is to yeah. watch the Met Gala documentary on Netflix um, if you want to see the inner workings of the planning of it and um, of the exhibition and the gala. Mm-hmm. So that's called First Monday in May. Um, and then also be sure to listen to episode two of Art Matters um, featuring these ladies. If you missed it previously, it's all about celebrity culture. Um, I think we talk like for half a second about um, yeah. maybe the, the Met Gala yeah. in there too. We, I think we mentioned Jay-Z and Solange, maybe. Um, and so I'll, I'll link to your details on um, Instagram, Twitter, and, and your website and all that on the Art UK website, as well as um, some images that we discussed today. And that will all be at artuk.org slash about slash art dash matters. Thank you, ladies. So much again for joining. Thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure. I appreciate everyone uh, listening today, and I hope you'll join again for another episode.